0: Welcome to the Hope Church podcast. We hope you are blessed by what you are about to hear. God is so for you; He loves you. Oh my goodness! You know, before you sit down, this a Psalm. Uh, Psalm one twelve. We used to pray over our family. We still do. And the Lord gave it to us one day. We were we'd had two children. And we lost our third child. We were praying about having another child. And the very first part of that chapter. Uh, In Psalm 112 says that those who worship the Lord, those who bless the Lord, their seed shall be mighty in the earth. So so I want to tell you, that means champion. To be mighty means to be a champion. So we had a third child and a fourth child (laughs) and a fifth child. And no matter what those childs are doing, I declare and decree over them that they are mighty because I am a worshiper. Of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? <laughs> you can be seated. I'm so excited to be here today. You know, there's a thing that I have enjoyed doing over the years, and one of those things is walking. Do you like to walk? I like to walk in the woods. And um, back in Arkansas, there's this wonderful asphalt path that goes through the woods, and the trail is about 1.3 miles. And I love doing it three times in the morning early. And if I get there really early, then I will declare the Word of God over my life. And one of the things I enjoy doing is Psalm 23. So it was no accident that Matt read that this morning. We were in cahoots with that. Do you understand? But I want to unfold that for you today. I want to unfold Psalm 23 in a way that maybe you hadn't thought about it, maybe you had, but I just know that God wants to stir us up in His Word today. Is that all right? Is you okay with that? So, I used to, I would walk through the woods and I would, you know, I'd say, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, him. he makes me lie. And then I would just quote it backwards. Because it kind of loops if you understand the revelation of what that psalm is really all about. So, I want to kind of do that with you today. Is that all right? Will you loop with me today? <laughs> and let me just unfold this for you, all right? It's a powerful word, especially when you see it through the eyes of redemption. You know, as born again believers, and we have a covenant with Jesus, so we have a new covenant, and we're part of, the, of his family. And so, therefore, when I look at the Old Testament stories through the eyes of redemption, I see them differently. Because we're not under that old covenant, we're under a new covenant, and the new covenant is better. Is that right? All right, so let's do this thing. So, AJ, are you ready? Are we good? So I want to just share a word with you about the table of the Lord. The table of the Lord. It's going to mean two different things today. But I want to just break this apart. If you're taking notes, it would be a good thing to do. Maybe you might hear me say something that makes sense that you want to write down and remember. But here's how it begins, all right? And we know it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That's a huge statement. And I'm going to break it down and tell you why he said that. Because a lot of times we don't ask why. We ought to ask why a lot more. So he says, the Lord's my shepherd. I lack nothing. Why, 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 why do you say that, David? We're going to break that down, all right? The good thing is the word shepherd there means friend. And David, at 16 or 17 years old, wrote this psalm. He worshiped God. and He wrote this psalm. So the Lord is my friend. And that reminds me that Jesus said... I no longer call you servants in John 15. I no longer call you servants. I call you friends because a servant doesn't know what his master is thinking. But I've told you everything I've heard from my father. So I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. There's a friendship between the Lord and us if we are a believer in Jesus Christ. And so it's important to think about that. And then he goes on the next verse in chapter 15. He says, you didn't choose me. I chose you. And you, and you, and you, and you. I chose you that you would go forth and bear fruit, and your fruit would endure. That's God's expectations in our life, that we bear fruit, and that it endures, and endures, and endures, and endures. So when he says the Lord is my shepherd, I have to look at the New Testament scripture sometimes to fully get it. I lack nothing. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. And sometimes we get all wrapped up in things, and he's already promised us the things if we would just seek first the kingdom of God in his righteousness. Amen? So God is for us. He is not against us. He's got treasures for us to unload and unfold in the word of God. God has got a way to get right to the heart of things and to our heart. Amen? So I want to encourage you in that. Hey, how you doing? (laughs) I want to encourage you in that. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. I shall not come up short. I shall not have anything missing because the peace of God, shalom, means that every there's nothing missing and there's nothing. What's the other word? That's right. There's nothing lacking. So, therefore, I know because the Lord is my friend, he is my Savior, we have a friendship, a fellowship with Jesus Then he knows how to provide everything that I need before I even need it. Amen? So, I go with that. Let's go to verse 2 here. So I'm going to tell you five things why David could say, I lack nothing. I want to know that, don't you? I want to know that. So here we go. Number one, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. King James says still waters. Let's break that open, okay? Because he nourishes me. That's why I lack nothing, because the Holy Spirit nourishes me. He gives me his fresh word. He nourishes me, makes me come alive. He, he gives me the nutrients that I need to be firm and solid and know who I am in Christ Jesus. And in green pastures, he nourishes me, gives me fresh word, fresh manna, and then he leads me by quiet, still waters. Still waters are reflective. How many you remember when you were kids? Some of you, they won't have to very far back. How many you remember kids, the first time you looked in a mud puddle? Do you remember that? and you looked in the mud puddle, and the sky was down there. Do you remember that? And you looked at the sky, and you looked at the mud puddle, and as a little kid, you're trying to figure this thing out, because, my goodness, this thing must go for miles down there because of that reflection. Well, when we need to be God. When He nourishes us in the Word of God, when He nourishes us with the Word of God, we need to be reflective. This reminds me a little bit of James chapter 1, where James says, when you look in the perfect law of liberty... Don't just look and go away forgetting what you look like, but look what you look like and change it, all right? So when I look in the Word of God, and He nourishes me in the Word of God, I need reflective time to reflect on where I am with that Word. Amen? You getting this? So if I reflect, you know, somebody always says, well, you know, experience is the greatest teacher. No, it's not. Evaluate experience is the greatest teacher. I have to evaluate my experiences. And so when I look at the Word of God and I reflect on the Word of God and where I am, if I'm lining up with that Word or if I'm kind of cockeyed, I can bring myself back in the place that I need to be. Amen? So the reason that David can say, the Lord is my shepherd and I lack nothing, Liz, I lack nothing, is because God nourished him and God nourishes us too. Amen? Isn't it fun to call people by name out there that I do know, Frank? And so it's just kind of fun to do that and watch you go, oh, no, what's going to happen next, right? (laughs) I love this. So he makes me lie down in green pastures. He makes me stop everything and just focus on the Word of God, and he nourishes me, and I reflect on it, and it fulfills me. Amen? Verse 3, he refreshes my soul. King James says, he restores my soul. The word restores means refreshes. And so the second thing that David knew is that God refreshes me. He refreshes my soul. He makes me come alive again. He makes me connect with him again. He makes me come alive again. I need him to make me come alive again. He invigorates me, you know. It's all of a sudden, I am who I really am again because he refreshes me. He guides me along. The right path for his name's sake. The King James Version says, he restores my soul and leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. It's for his credit. It's for his glory that he leads me into the places that I need to be led in. Amen? So he nourishes me, and then he refreshes me. And the next verse, my friend AJ over there. So even though, because he nourishes me, and because he refreshes me, even when I walk through a dark valley. Have many of you ever walked through a dark valley? All right? I will fear no evil. I will not be frightened. I will not be frightened. David, taking care of all those sheep, killing lions in me, and he restores me. I will not be frightened by anything because the Lord is nourishing me, and he restores me. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Third thing is he comforts us. Let me tell you what this means. So the rod there refers to the rod of correction. In other words, if you are kind of going a little bit in the wrong direction, the Holy Spirit knows how to pull you back where you need to be. The Lord knows how to discipline us, and he disciplines his children. And so sometimes he's just making a course correction. It doesn't doesn't mean that God goes whap. It just means that God says, a little bit more over here, please. Okay? Okay. So that rod is corrective, and that staff is directive. So he is corrective and directive in our lives. And when he does correct us, he also directs us. So there's always direction in the the correction. Are you with me? So David knew this. That's why he could say the Lord's my shepherd. He's my friend because he nourishes me, and he refreshes me, and he comforts me. Okay? Next verse. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. This is so powerful. There is a, there's a table where he has arranged things for us in the very presence of my enemies. Now, listen close because I just saw this the other day because I've only been on planet for a while. But I saw this a little differently the other day, so maybe you will too. There is a table. table is kind of a meeting place. It's a table. It's a place where we come to the Lord. He prepares the table. He sets it in order. In other words, he brings us to this table, and he has set it up with exactly what we need. And because of that, he puts that before us in the presence of my enemy. Here's what that means to me. I come to the table of the Lord. He's got it all together. He's got it all set out here. And from his table and from his perspective, I can see the enemy and what the devil is trying to do to me. I begin to understand and discern where the devil is coming against me, and I'm able to make some changes because at this table, in the very presence of of my enemies, God anoints me afresh. That anointing breaks the yoke, the power of the devil. That anointing of the Word of God and me receiving the Word of God, there's an anointing to receive the Word of God that changes everything. And so at that table, he brings me and he anoints my head with oil. The anointing that Jesus said, if you go to uh, Hebrews chapter one, verse nine, he was anointed with joy. Jesus was anointed with joy. We have His anointing. We don't have to go around looking with a long face and sad and what. We have the joy of the Lord. It is our strength. Amen? Trying to help us here. The joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. He strengthens me with that anointing of joy, and he, my cup, the supply of that anointing, overflows. It's more than enough. God's presence is more than enough in full view of the enemy. It freaks out the enemy when we come to the table of the Lord, and we receive this fresh anointing that we need for the moment that we're living in, and we walk in that anointing. The devil's over here and going, oh, my goodness. Dear God, oh, I didn't mean to say that. Oh, no, because he sees you are victorious. Gives the devil a bad day when we walk in the victory that God has so generously given to us through Jesus Christ. Amen? Are you with me? So you see why David is saying, the Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not, want. lack anything. I'm good to go because he's nourishing me, and he's refreshing me, and he's comforting me, and he's anointing me. You are anointed as a believer of Jesus Christ, you are anointed to walk the walk that you have to walk in the place that you're walking right now. No matter what pandemic is going on, no matter what else is going on in our lives, no matter what else, we walk in the joy of the Lord because he is our strength. I'm preaching better than you're. No, yes, you are. You're doing fine. All right, let's go to the next verse, here, okay? Surely goodness and love or mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is so good. Because he says here, goodness, the goodness of the Lord. In the Hebrew, it talks about joy. You know, God, his goodness is following me. And the word follow there means pursue. Did you know that God is pursuing you? He is pursuing you with joy. He is pursuing you with exactly what you need. So his goodness and his love or his mercy pursue me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever and ever, because I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. He lives inside of me. Amen. Greater is He that's in me than He that's in the world. I've got all I need and then some. He is more than enough for what I need. Amen. And so I want to encourage you that in this pandemic, we're the body of Christ. We don't walk like everybody else walks. We walk in victory whether we're wearing a mask or not wearing a mask, whatever's going on. We can't eat in the restaurant we want to go in. That does not throw us off schedule or off the mark because God leads out a path for us, and goodness and mercy is pursuing us because he wants to surprise us with more joy than we've ever known before. Amen? And then I like to read it backwards and come to the conclusion that the Lord is my shepherd. So let's go backwards here. You know what? I dwell in the house of God because I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit all the days of my life and He is pursuing me all the time. I turn around and there He is with all His goodness and joy and His mercy. It's awesome. And I know because of that that I am anointed I, am, I have more anointing than I need for this lifetime because Jesus is more than enough. And I walk in the presence of my enemies without any problem because he's prepared the table in, for, in front of me. And he has equipped me to walk in spite of whatever the devil's trying to do because I have victory over all the power of the enemy. Jesus said so. I have jurisdiction over the devil. I have jurisdiction over doubt. I have jurisdiction over fear. I don't have to be afraid. <laughs> so I walk through the valley of shadow death no matter what because you're you're good. So he refreshes my soul. When I get weary, he refreshes me. When I get confused, he refreshes me. My emotions, my track, he refreshes me. He refreshes my soul, my will, my emotions, my mind. And he keeps me on that path of righteousness because in Christ Jesus I've been made righteous. He that knew no sin became sin for me so that I might become the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. I know who I am in Christ Jesus, and that scares the daylights out of the devil. (laughs) Oh, and I love reflecting times in the Word of God. I love that he makes me lie down in green pastures or in the freshness of the Word of God, the revelation of the Word of God. I don't want just information. I want the revelation of what the information needs, It means to me. I need that. So he makes me lie down in green pastures to absorb the word of God. And so I can reflect on this is what the word of God says. This is what the world is saying. I choose what the word of God says. Okay? I don't have to choose what the world says. I'm not led by the world. I'm not moved by rumors. I'm not moved by anything out there. I'm moved by the Word of God. It keeps me moving in the right direction. Amen? So I can walk in the paths of righteousness. I lack absolutely nothing because He is everything. Therefore, I decree and declare, my friend, the Lord Jesus Christ, He is everything. He is the Lord. He is my shepherd. Amen? Praise the Lord. (laughs) Woo! The Word of God is awesome. You know, it's just good to unfold it, isn't it? Unwrap it a little bit, kind of. Break it up a little bit. Look at it in a fresh way. I declare to you, the Lord God is your shepherd, and he is mighty to save, and he's mighty to redeem whatever situation that you're walking through. And I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you in that. You know, I think it's really important to understand that we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. I lost my iPad. I mean, I don't know where it is. So I'm using an old-fashioned. This is a clipboard for those that are under 20 years old. I assume there will be some explaining I should do. (laughs) But the table of the Lord is what I'm going to talk about today. This week I was talking to Frank about a table that I came to way back in graduate school. I am going to just kind of share that with you before we go into the next piece of this. You're with me still? Stay with me. Please stay with me because God's got something for you. He loves you. He loves you. <laughs> but there was a table I had to go to in graduate school. At the end of 2 years of graduate school, full-time graduate school. I'd gone full-time junior senior year in undergraduate. And you had two straight years immediately in grad school. I was exhausted. <laughs> And you have to go into what they call oral examinations. And that means that you go into a room where there's a table, and all the instructors that taught you for two years sit in that table, and they can ask you anything that they want to ask you from what they have taught you for two years. And so I'm a little nervous about that, and I'm walking out in the hallway there, and one of my, one of my friends, a student, came up to me. He said, Gene, didn't they didn't you ace everything they gave you? I said, yes, I did. And he said, well, wouldn't they look kind of stupid if they failed you now? (laughs) And that word changed everything for me. I went in that table, to that table, victorious, because they can't fail me because they've passed me. They've aced everything I've taken in theater. And I sat down, and it went very well, and it was good. But I want you to know that at the table of the Lord, God has a word for you today. And that word makes all things different. It changes your perspective. It changes your attitude. It changes everything because we need that word. Now, that word that student reminded me of and gave me that day that I'd aced all their classes was pretty cool. But it was really based on my works. And the word the Lord gives to us is not based on our works. The word that God gives us is based on the word of Jesus Christ. It's based on his work. That he died for our sins, rose from the dead, conquered death. And he lives inside of us today. And that word is the word we want to have fresh in our hearts as we come to the table of the Lord. You know, when I view my enemy from the table of the lord that he has prepared for me i view my enemy as defeated that's important and we view ourselves as who jesus says that we are because he's given us victory over all the power of the enemy the word of god should enter it should interrupt but it should also reinterpret where we are in our life the word of god should reinterpret where we stand with jesus and where we're walking. I encourage you in that. Jesus said, think about this. Jesus said at the Passover meal, the last Passover meal on the planet earth, knowing full well that the cross was on the calendar. In fact, he knew that for three years. And he didn't walk around going, oh, the cross is ahead of me. Oh, because he was anointed with joy. And all the promises that God has made for you, all the promises are in Christ Jesus. Yes and amen. And he made those promises for us, knowing full well everything that we would go through in our lives. He set us up to walk in peace that goes beyond all of our understanding. God is for us. He is for us. He is for us. Every step. Of the way. So I want to encourage you to come to the table of the Lord in just a moment and to come with expectations and to come fellowshipping with Jesus. The communion that we usually celebrate is not an event, it's part of our fellowship with Him. In that moment, we can examine ourselves and be refreshed by who He says we are and be forgiven of whatever there is that we're dragging to the communion table because God is us. So I challenge you today to come to the table of the Lord with expectations, in fellowship with the Lord, soft and pliable in your heart, humble and ready to receive a fresh revelation and a fresh anointing that is needed to live fully alive without fear. In this world, prepare yourself for communion. I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to sing a wonderful song that I think you're going to love called Cornerstone. Let's sing it with everything that is within us, and then we'll come back and receive communion. Just have your do-it-yourself communion thing ready, okay? Thank you for listening to the Hope Church podcast. If you would like prayer or have questions about Hope Church, please visit myhopechurch.com.